Hey everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Marketer Podcast. Every single week, we interview deep dive experts in one of the many fields of marketing to drop huge knowledge bombs from the best of the best and teach you how to take your marketing skills to the next level. This is episode 007, and I'm sitting with Gil David, who is one of the most skilled Facebook advertisers in the world. He runs the digital marketing agency Run DMG. Some accomplishments include reducing CPA for a client by 75% in less than a week and tripled another client's return on ad spend in a little less than a month. Gil, clearly you have a lot of experience with Facebook ads. <laughs> How did you get started? <laughs> um, I guess it was it was mainly kind of playing about. I've, I've been running Facebook ads now for about five years in total. I mean, it was for, for a previous business where I was actually managing health clubs. So it was kind of, it started off, like probably everyone starts off with boosting posts. And then I, I sort of looked into it more and read more about it and understood quite quickly that boosting posts was was very limited, like everyone knows. And then I started diving into Ads Manager, which, again, as I'm sure everyone will be familiar with, it's quite scary the first time you get into it. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I don't know if it's scarier now than it used to be or if it's about the same, but there you go. So, yeah, jumping into Ads Manager and then really kind of teaching myself initially and then reading more blogs and just getting more experience with the platform. I think one of the things with Facebook is you can do all the courses you like in it and do all the reading you like in it, but there's no substitute for actually running campaigns and running ads. That's where you learn the most about the platform. Absolutely. Yeah. Trial and error is such an essential part of growing. So that's interesting. A lot of people, you know, I find a lot of people have that sort of experience with whatever marketing discipline they're in, right? There was another agency owner I was talking to who did content marketing. And he started off, yeah, I was internal at a company and I was trying to figure it out. And like, you know, and I saw, oh, I'm really good at this and then went out on their own. And so at what point did you kind of hit that decision where you're like, you know, I went from boosting post and now I'm doing ads manager. And, and what was that kind of point where you're like, you know, actually, I think I could I could do this for like a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, my, my whole background is marketing. So my, my degree was in marketing. That's going back now. 15 years and back at that stage i don't think facebook was even around then so it was i look back at it and i kind of laugh now because there was nothing digital in in the degree that i did but i think it gave me a good basis in terms of you know general overall marketing concepts from that kind of point of view so what i liked about facebook ads immediately was that you always know what the return is that you're getting obviously if you're, if you're tracking things properly that's kind of the dream with like a lot of the old school i don't i think well, maybe a lot of people, or at least a lot of my listeners, tend to be kind of younger, and they don't predate like Facebook, Google, really. Um, and so, yeah, they just they just kind of expect it, yeah. But um, so the way we used to do like in health clubs, the traditional thing we did was we used to get ten thousand leaflets sent from head office to to the club every month. Um, we used to drop them out, and you never knew what you were getting back. Or we might do some radio ads, something like that. And again, you never really know exactly what you're getting back. So that was where I kind of I first started appreciating Facebook, you know, because you always knew, uh, you know, how many clicks you were getting in the first place, how many leads are coming through the site, how many visitors, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and then I was just as I was running, running, I've been working in health clubs for twelve years, I think it was in total, and I just kind of got a bit bored of it. I always wanted to to run my own business, so it's going back about about eighteen months now. Um, I was actually moving down to Belfast from where I was before in Northern Ireland, and I just thought, you know, I've been running Facebook ads here. You know, I'd, I'd been helping out friends and stuff as well with it. People knew that I was, you know, it was something that I was into quite in quite a big way. And then, yeah, and then just got into running campaigns for clients, doing consulting, which is what I do a lot of now, and doing white label stuff for agencies. So it was, it was probably about eighteen months ago, and I thought, right, I want to have my own business. It's what I've always wanted to do. What do I enjoy doing most at the moment? It's basically pretty much Facebook ads, and that's where I really focused on. You know taking my knowledge to the next level, getting as much experience as I could with clients on campaigns. Cause like I say, that's, I think that's something that's priceless actually getting experience, you know, running campaigns and understanding what's going to work here, what's going to work there, what, what isn't going to work and understand what metrics you're looking for the whole time as well. Cause I think a lot of people I see, one of the, the big mistakes I see people making is they put too much emphasis on things like relevant score and frequency. I saw something, it was in a group a few weeks ago. Someone was saying, Oh, people were talking about rules. I think automated rules, um, and someone was saying they have something set up where they they kill ads once they hit frequency of three, and I was like, w w why? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of interesting things that I do see because I think on average people say now uh, this it's kind of an old school marketing thing, but people need to see something at least six times before they pay much attention to it. Yeah, I actually ran into somebody the other day that said it was like seventeen. And so yeah, his, his whole even gone up now. Yeah. his whole shtick was he would run Facebook ads to frequency seventeen on people. 
that's a new one, one for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Everybody seems to have their own like little personal biases that come in. You know, it, it, it's fascinating, kind of how the, those fall. And I just think, you know, look at look at the end results. If you've got a campaign that's delivering you sales and purchases, you know, why are you going to get hung up on on the frequency? Oh, oh, I'm worried people are seeing seeing my ads too much. You know, if they're seeing it too much, they'll react, and you'll see that in in the metrics when you're looking at it. So yeah, so that and then, and then relevant score, you know, you know as well as well as I do, you know, you'll have ads with a relevant score of two or three that are still performing, you know, delivering you a ROAS of three or more. So that's actually an interesting transition, right? Which is kind of so Facebook has evolved a lot <laughs> from when it first started. I think that like actually the first Facebook ad I ever ran was I boosted a post on my personal profile back when you could do that. <laughs> like, I don't know if you remember that, but there was a very brief time where you could do that. It was, it was, uh, you know, in 2012. So about six, you know, a little, little over six years, I guess. And so it's really interesting, but yeah, Facebook, Facebook's evolved an incredible amount. There used to be power editor and now there isn't. And like everything else, you know, kind of let, let's, we should talk about kind of the state of things, you know, kind of where do we sit now and, and kind of where do you see things heading? I mean, as anyone who who's running ads, you know, a regular basis at the moment will know it's kind of in a bit of flux at the moment. And I think a lot of that is to do with two things, really. So obviously the privacy issues they've had and they're having to tighten up a lot more in terms of approvals and banning accounts and disapproving things and deactivating accounts and stuff like that. And then also in terms of the, because of what Apple did with the cookie tracking on Safari and third party cookies. Most of your listeners probably know, but yeah, a few couple of weeks ago, they, Facebook announced that they're introducing first-party cookies, which is basically another another way of tracking users. You know, which is different to what they've done in the past, Facebook with the Pixel. So that, I know that's that's causing issues in terms of tracking things. People are saying DPAs aren't working properly at the moment, and and I guess the, the big problem is as well that it's you know this is all happening in the middle of of Q4. You know, that's when people are spending the most money out of the whole year. Yeah, CPMs, you know, the cost per thousand impressions basically go like 5x <laughs> during this time of year. Yeah, so it's, cra- it's, yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, because you've got Thanksgiving coming up, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and then obviously Christmas not long after that as well. So, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a bit of a crazy time of year anyway, especially if, if you're in e-commerce. So then the stuff Facebook, they've made a few updates in the back end. They've actually improved the platform a lot, I think. I don't know what you think about what they've done in the last few months, but... They made some changes to just aesthetic aesthetic changes, and then they brought things in like um, like the new attribution, which looks really good. Um, I saw a video you you done on that the other day, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking a little bit about that um, in uh, yeah one of the groups that we're in. Yeah, so it's it's interesting though. I mean, at the same time that you know, I think you and I are are pretty deep into it, which is why we talk about like the changes yeah, and yeah. kind of the new and our complaints about the platform, which are are numerous for me. <laughs> but at the same time, talk for four hours. At the same time, you know, it's uh, Facebook. Uh, though commands like what 40% of all digital spend or something like that was just an astronomically high number, you know, like, and you know, Google's another 40%. And then you think every other website out there is sharing 20%, right. Which is just nuts. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, obviously though, people find a ton of value in it. You know, it has a lot more flexibility in terms of like campaign types and everything else really anything out there i mean that's why you know all the complaints we have we continue to you know focus on it um you know or at least i do as well so you know i see some interesting trends and i wonder if you'd agree with me on this is you know facebook is moving more towards they've been pushing this people analytics for a while you know what i'm talking about where they've been that's kind of the language that they've been using where yeah, they're so yeah, talking- we, tra- we track people, not cookies. They, they right, right. Yeah, that's that's such an interesting trend and in kind of development. You know, I think if they can pull it off, which they're trying to do with this attribute tool, it would actually be incredibly, incredibly valuable, right? Because when you get to a higher level of advertising, like you and I are at, you know, you have clients that are running Google ads and Facebook ads and display marketing and like all sorts of different things, right? And of course, every platform is set up to take credit because they want their platform to show the most return. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. sorting through it has been difficult. But, you know, th- that's, I think, what they're trying to solve with that, you know, new attribute. What's your kind of take on that? Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, one of the problems, you know, we've had with Facebook for a while is just the, the fact that it relies on, on last click attribution. So someone can click on an ad, you know, a top of funnel ad, a video or something like that. 
and then a week later if they click on another ad that they see the the second ad is the one that gets all the credit for the the purchase and everything so up till now um, there's been no way to track and say you know yeah that first ad it might deliver a click but is that actually contributing to the purchase so that's always been a problem for a while with facebook which is something they're definitely trying to i think that they've heard a lot of advertisers concerns and they've done a lot to to start trying to fix them one of the big issues that I've had with it is I've run, you know, a lot of influencer specific campaigns, right? And I'll run the campaigns through the influencer's account and all of that good stuff. But the company themselves are big companies, right? They have other ad accounts going and other agencies they're working with or whatever. And because they're all working off of the same pixel, it's still last view attribution. <laughs> and so the retargeting was taking 90% of the sales away from the influencer campaign it's just yeah and then I, Joe, Joe, yeah oh you guys are you guys yeah. are doing terrible <laughs> like i'm like where'd all these yeah. cards yeah. come from <laughs> like why is the conversion rate so yeah. low <laughs> it's just it's, yeah it's, uh, <laughs> so it's interesting i'm i am glad that they're moving to fix that yeah and uh, i mean it's something google have done for, for a little while you know you can have different attribution models in google i'm still trying to get used to calling it google ads not adwords um, and obviously it's quite, I mean, there is, a, I don't know if you've ever heard of attribution.io. Okay. No, I haven't used that tool actually. That was pretty good up, up, up until Facebook introduced their own attribution. Um, so basically this, it uses, um, I won't bore people with too many details, but if you're using UTM codes in the URLs and it basically tracks those from first click through to, through to purchase, you can track through Google, Facebook, everything all in one platform. No, that's fantastic. I actually, I'll have to, I mean, now that Facebook rolled their own and Facebook will even do it for platforms, you know, that you aren't using. Yeah. And, and that's, that's another interesting thing, how Facebook, you know, you can connect it to, you can even connect it to Google ads. You know, it's actually got the Google ads logo in it, which is quite funny because, you know, if you're, if you're ever using GTM, Google Tag Manager, they're, they're kind of a bit childish about it. They don't actually have a, a setting for Facebook. You have to use a custom HTML, so... So that's such an interesting thing. And it just kind of shows you, you know, Facebook's mindset, really, when it comes to the digital advertising space, or digital marketing space, which is they've basically given away a tool that they could probably charge thousands of dollars a month for, like legitimately, and everybody would pay it because they're just trying to keep you stuck into the Facebook universe. Even if you aren't buying Facebook ads, they're trying to say, you're, I want to make you dependent on business manager, even if yeah, you're yeah, buying yeah. that many Facebook ads. <laughs> I want you to live your life in business yeah, manager. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I don't know if you've seen that photo of, it's kind of a like a mural on a wall of Zuckerberg with like, candles around it, right? But some days it does feel like that, you know, it's like, you can't get away from Facebook. It's kind of, you know, and it's especially with the privacy things and everything else and, you know, it, the currents of Russian trolls or not or whatever. It was like, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, I'm deleting Facebook. I'm like, what are you going to, are you going to use social media at all? They're like, yeah, I'm on Instagram. It's way better. Uh, Instagram, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think you uh, understand how the tentacles go. <laughs> like, like WhatsApp as well. I, I don't think you guys, you don't use WhatsApp as much as we do. Um, no. Do. Yeah, um, not really, I, actually. I exclusively use it to talk to my friends in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, WhatsApp is massive, you know, and then they're making investments into VR and everything else and then slowly rolling out ads for all of these things <laughs> at the same time. It's yeah. So what, what's your take on that? What's where what direction? Where's Facebook going? Because it's, it's much more than just Facebook anymore. Yeah, and then they bought it as well, which was kind of completely from left field, and no one expected it. Which was the um, the Facebook portal device, which I don't think they've. Actually, oh yeah, it's not actually out yet. I think it's coming out uh, in the next couple of weeks. But they announced it, I think, two three weeks ago, and that was kind of one of those things where you think, "What's the justification for it?" And people are like, "Oh, it's creepy. I'm not having a device with a camera from Facebook sitting in my house, following me around the room all the time." I guess their aim is to be kind of everywhere. Uh, which is why you know they they started with Instagram because Instagram was was obviously huge and they saw that as as a bit of a threat. But it works, you know. It's, it's nice for us as advertisers because they work great together, Facebook and Instagram. And then WhatsApp, I think they're going to keep WhatsApp kind of separate because I think they like the whole end to end encryption privacy aspect of WhatsApp. So they're not going to mess about with that too much. But you can now. They just announced that you can run ads to WhatsApp. I don't think I'm going to get to the stage where they actually have ads in the platform because I think that that would turn a lot of people off, especially in in the UK. 
but definitely for businesses being able to run ads to WhatsApp as opposed to Messenger is um, that's going to be a, a useful thing to see how that works out. Yeah, no, that'll be incredibly interesting. And I mean, I I suspect, but can't prove that they've been using you know the data that they've <laughs> been gathering whatsapp or you know i mean outside of the encrypted stuff right like they're still gather able to gather a lot of data and i imagine that they've been or i suspect they've been using that for a while yeah and that's and that's what it's about i mean because because it's all free i think people are realizing that more and more now that you know if something's free it's because you're paying for it with your data yeah you're the product <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly so it, it, that's an interesting thing so do you see kind of the future of facebook as less of you know as a marketing platform, it's just going to continue to snap things up and build new things and, and kind of extend its reach. You know, do you see it kind of more as like a data company then than rather than like a specific social network? Like, you know, kind of what where do you think the future for Facebook is and what are the what are kind of the implications for advertisers? You know, kind of just in like a general theory sort of way. Yeah, well, I, think, I think for advertisers, you know, it's it's only a good thing that, that Facebook has more data, although that probably sounds like quite a scary thing for to the average person. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much going to be in the same way that Google is to an extent as well. Uh, and Amazon is trying to go a similar way, but it's a bit more limited with what they can do. You know, they've got the Echo and stuff like that. But I guess it's trying to have a presence in, in, in every person's life. So if someone's not on Facebook, they're on Instagram. Uh, if someone's not, that active on either of those platforms they've got whatsapp i think the portal is kind of appealing to an older market maybe who aren't, aren't as active on social media maybe they don't they, although a lot of older people do use whatsapp i know a lot of other people you know they don't, they don't really get instagram um they don't use facebook too much so the, the portal device is um you know that's that's another good way of appealing to to an older market that sort of way um and then with what they're doing with um it's it's oculus isn't it they they bought the vr company so vr is a funny one because it's always been something you know people talk about as the next big thing and ar is going to be the next big thing but but vr has never really caught on i think there's two reasons for that that is you know it's still fairly expensive um in terms of the technology although it's, it's more accessible than it was you know two three years ago and then the other thing is a lot of people kind of get motion sickness and stuff like that from from using the devices and you can't actually i think i think you're only allowed to use them for like 20 minutes or half an hour they say before you should take a break Right. That's an interesting, that's an interesting kind of a point you bring up and about VR and AR. And I, I see Facebook like, you know, when they did just did 3D images and things like that. And they've been doing 360 videos and, and things of that nature. So they're starting to play more with AR. And yeah, for what it's worth, I was at a Halloween party and people were pulling out their phones to do because the liquor bottles that they had, if you held the app over the phone, like the, the person on the front would talk to you. And they all bought the oh, brand. Okay. And like, yeah, so I mean, I'm, sur- I'm sure some marketing, hopefully some marketing managers listening to this and like rejoicing yeah. because like they were like, I bought and then I had a few people say, yeah, I, that was me. I don't like this brand as much, but I bought it because this is cool. <laughs> like, yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, I think I see like kind of steps into AR and, you know, things like that. And so, you know, there's a lot of interesting developments in the way that Facebook, you know, the, that the digital world is going, but Facebook specifically is kind of at the forefront of most of these sort of developments, it seems like. Yeah, definitely. And it could be the portal turns out to be kind of a visionary device that, you know, everyone ends up, you know, Samsung copies it and Apple would do some kind of their own sort of device and it could go big or it could just flop. But fair play to them for at least trying it in the first place because it is something a little bit different. I think people especially like the way that, you know, as long as you can have some kind of privacy, by there's like a, a plastic clip that you can put over the camera. But I think people like the fact that you can just just set the thing up, and you can you know you can be walking around the room or in your kitchen doing something, and the camera will actually actually track you around the room, which is which is a pretty cool feature. Right. Yeah. I think that it might be you know um, in that case it might be more about like the tech proving out the technology than like the specific application. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Because they, they do everything, you know, from an ad standpoint, too, kind of getting back to that on a machine, you know, kind of machine learning has been like the big thing recently, right? And so, you know, kind of from, like I said, bring it back to advertising a little bit, you know, what we're seeing with a lot of Facebook advertisers is it used to be so the, the strategy used to be. For for me at least, and please feel free to tell me I'm an idiot. Like <laughs> it was, it was define as detailed of an audience as possible, and then just hammer them with different creative until you find something that works, and then keep it at like an even pace where you won't burn people out too quickly. Now it's kind of define a broad audience, 
do a lot of different sort of rapid testing, right? And then when you find something, pump money into that specific iteration and slow scale it up because otherwise you're going to reset the optimization. It's all about kind of working with Facebook's machine learning algorithm. You know, at least that's my perception. What's what's your take on that? Uh, I completely dis- disagree. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, okay. I was like, no, that's fascinating. No, I'm, I'm genuinely, I was like, wow, okay, cool. Um, like, I'm going to learn something. No, I actually no, 100% agree with that. I mean, in the old days, yeah, it was, you know, trying to micro-target using, layering different interests. So using people that are interested in something and something else and something else even. Whereas now, like you say, yeah, it's, you know, you get much better results from kind of giving Facebook a bit more responsibility, targeting broader audiences and, and the algorithm go to work and then like you say yeah it's kind of a bit more intensive in terms of testing different creative and offers within that that broad audience whereas before it was you maybe kind of testing interests more than than the actual creative itself before whereas now yeah like you say you know testing more creative and and seeing what works and then you know pumping the budget into that and trying to scale based on that but yeah definitely i mean apart from although even even local audiences um you know i use you probably use it yourself you know the carpet bombing technique yeah yeah that's um what we should probably probably define that and give a little attribution so it's it's chris culver yeah. right uh yeah, who right, says yeah. that and basically the the high level um you should join facebook advert buyers because he is very generous with his time and um for all your listeners uh join facebook ad buyers and check him out but very smart guy um and he basically has come up with this strategy where um you, you kind of leave the targeting wide open, right? And you let Facebook completely do it, but for local offers, right? So it's just like the, the service radius. Yeah, like a restaurant or something. Yeah, like a restaurant or, you know, local services, things like that. So, um, yeah, so no, that's a, that's actually a great example of kind of the, the changes because, you know, I feel like a couple of years ago even, I spent 90% of my time running through and managing Facebook audiences. And nowadays I'm kind of spending 90% of my time cycling out different pieces and types of creative and stuff. It's just interesting how it's shifting. Why, why do you think they did that? I think it's, I think it's the algorithms got clever and it's, they kind of learn more as, as time's gone on. I think they've got a lot of feedback as well from, from advertisers and people, people running a lot of ads on the platform because I think up and up until now, I've heard recently they they do get their staff to kind of run some ads. Um, but I know I know they had a lot of the, uh, like you get the emails from the, the Facebook marketing experts trying to book, book you on a call or something like that. Um, yeah, their support went from them, like, inaccessible to insufferable. <laughs> yeah, no, <that's>, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so a lot of those people, you know, I was, I was kind of surprised when I heard that a lot of those people, they, they haven't actually run ads themselves. They're just kind of reading from a script or, you know, a, a knowledge base on a computer. Yeah, that's it. I've, I've had, I've run, I've churned my way through about 10 of them at some point <laughs> or another. And like two of them were like former advertisers and they were, they, they knew. They were like, oh yeah, here's what triggers soft resets, which don't retreat or, you know, don't change the audience optimization. And here's what the hard resets are. And they were able to actually talk shop. And the other eight were totally useless. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I didn't say that. You have to be nice to them because they can help you out if you Definitely, accidentally yeah. mess up and violate an ad guideline. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah, that's a whole other topic as well, the the policy. But uh, I don't know if you want to get onto that today. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, there's uh, we we can touch on it a little bit. So you know, there's kind of been the the ad account apocalypse basically <laughs> recently. Um, and, and why don't you know, you're. I think you're a little bit better to equipped to talk about that than I am. So why don't you kind of give your take on on what's been going on and just the the crying and moaning that we've been <laughs> seeing <laughs> from people that are, yeah, from many different kinds of people. <laughs> there's a lot of people needing hugs at the moment. <laughs> yeah, we need security blankets and. <laughs> yeah. um, I, th- I think I guess it's been slowly happening over the last couple of months. But I mean, the first thing I personally noticed myself was um, when there's an old thing which maybe a lot of your listeners use as well, which is where the old device was to have a load of backup ad accounts in case anything happened to your the ad accounts that you're using. So you've got backup accounts that you can just you know start running ads from pretty much straight away. The first thing I noticed was suddenly that I didn't have a huge amount because there's people that created hundreds and basically maxed out their business manager. I think I had about 15 maybe backup ad accounts that I just had sitting there just in case, you know, for a rainy day if I needed them. 
And then suddenly I open up Mads Manager one day, or Business Manager, and I noticed they'd all been deactivated for inactivity. So what Facebook were doing now is if, if you have an ad account that has no spend on it for, I think it's 60 days, then basically they, they deactivate it. Part of this is trying to get rid of kind of spammy black hat accounts or pe- you know, people that have hundreds of accounts just sitting there not doing anything. But I'm sure it's an element of you know them taking up space on their servers, things like that, I don't know. And also, I guess they they just want people to be up front, you know, if we're running ads on this account, yeah, we're running them, that's fine. They don't want people to have, you know, to be having a backup account just in case an account gets deactivated because they'll say, I guess from their point of view, they're thinking, what if we're deactivating your ad account in the first place? There's going to be a good reason. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then we've seen kind of the, pol- you know, it, it, it seems like in the wake of the 2016 US elections and a bunch of other things um, in Cambridge Analytica and all that, which, you know, for us Facebook advertisers, actually Cambridge Analytica didn't seem all that impressive, <laughs> at least to me. I was like, uh, like oh, I do that every day. <laughs> What's new about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it was, uh, it, it was interesting. And though it seems like Facebook, if you're getting into Facebook ads right now, you know, state of the industry, like Facebook is now a hands-on support. They enforce all of their policies. They've got support there, but like it's akin to dealing with like a publisher with their guidelines and everything like that. You know, it's self-serve still, but yeah. So what are you, what are your thoughts there? You know, kind of the evolution from like kind of the Wild West, if you will, <laughs> to, yeah, to like today. Yeah, I think in some ways it's probably easier for someone getting into it today because they can get in kind of with all the right habits from the start. I mean, one of the first things I'd say is to sit down, you know, it's a bit boring, but sit down and read through the policy. And then if people kind of start off the right way, they're not going to get into bad habits like maybe some of us people who have been advertising for a few years uh, are into. But it's not necessarily doing black hat or even gray hat stuff. It's it's ad copy these days as well. So, I mean, they've always been a bit funny about if you use the phrase you too much and direct it too much at people. But now they they really seem to be cracking down on that. So, you know, I've, I've seen people in groups saying that they've, they've used you once or twice and it's not even... It's not even directly calling people out what I'd say, and you would have got away with it in the past, but now they're they're disapproving ads because of it. Right. Yeah, that was actually like a really interesting um, development I've seen as well. So, I mean, you know, Facebook, obviously, you know, it's come a long way, right? And it's kind of maturing as an ad platform. And we kind of went from this kind of micro-targeting strategy where the creative was, you know, still important, but it was more really more about hitting the right audience to now this place where the creative is kind of taken front and center stage um, and such. And so what do you see when you work and you work with like a number of clients, um, you know, like I said, we kind of did the the intro there, but what do, what do you see people screwing up the most? And then what do you see people doing right the most? So if like, you know, my listeners, a lot of them are pretty like early stage startup sort of types and they're trying to run their own ads. What do you see like some common pitfalls and then you know, some like things that folks should be doing more of. I think the main thing I, I see advertisers not doing is testing enough. So I'll, I'll do an audit of an account and I'll see that, you know, they've been running ad sets, only a handful of ad sets with, with one ad in each ad set, which is not something I'd, I'd ever really do these days. So these days I'd, I'd have at least at least two, three completely different ads running in an ad set. And also, I don't know if you do this, but I, I dupe them all as well, at least once in, in the ad set. Yeah, yeah, because they can actually like hit and basically... So the reason for that is, is that the Facebook algorithm is not perfect, right? The optimization. And so you want to give it the most chances possible within reason for it to be able to properly optimize. So sometimes it'll call ads after like 100 impressions. And that's no way to you know, know no, if an ad's going to no. be effective. So yeah, so you duplicate multiple ads that are exact copies inside of ad sets basically and what always amazes me is that you know you can duplicate the exact same ad and if you're doing that as well make sure you use the same um original post idea as well so any social proof gets carried across the ads but yeah what amazes me is you can have the exact same ad within the same ad set and they'll perform completely differently at an individual level and it's just because that first it's mainly the first Probably about the first 1,500 impressions is so important in Facebook, trying to find the right people within the audience. And if it, if it starts finding the right people, then that's that's a good signal. Generally, you can take that as the ad set is hopefully going to perform well. Um, and if it isn't performing well, you know, at that kind of stage, then then that's obviously a, a more negative signal. But yeah, I mean, like I say, you, you've got to throw a few ads into an ad set and just give them a chance to build the data up and check the performance that way. And and you will get something like like say Facebook, you know, it gives I've seen it give ads 
maybe a hundred impressions and then it kind of stops spending on them. But as long as the other ones are working. Right. Yeah, Facebook's decided. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's not as long as the other ads are working in the ad set, you know, that's fine, you know, just just leave it there or pause it. Try it in another ad set. Cause that's another thing I see people doing. They kind of throw stuff away too quickly. So this is at both both ad and ad set level. So I mean if if an ad just because an ad hasn't performed in one ad set doesn't mean it's not going to perform in another one. So kind of, you know, give it give it a bit of a chance across a few ad sets to perform and if it's still not performing then then yeah, bin it off, don't use it again. In ad sets as well, you see it as well in groups a lot. People go, oh, there's something wrong with Facebook today. My CTR's gone down, my CPA's you know, gone up, whatever. Yeah, I had I had one go from a 5% CTR to a 0.5% in one day. The other day, just as an example. And then what about the day after that? Yeah, it went back up to 4.5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. so I think a lot of people don't realize how much it fluctuates on a, on a daily basis. It's not It's not a set kind of guarantee of performance facebook ads it is um and again i think a lot of people don't understand how the auction works um you know it is an auction every day there's auctions happening for your ads every time they're going out there and it is going to be different every day so you know you, you kind of have to don't look at things and react to them on a daily basis but look at it look at it over three days and seven days and then if, if something that's it's not performing then, then yeah you can kill it but you know don't start questioning the whole thing just because it, the performance is down one day you know you just kind of got to dust yourself off and go back at it the next day so that's another thing people kind of being too reactive and um or not reactive enough so kind of a, a two extremes there so some people they just kind of i see a lot of ads they kind of set up and they just leave them to run for you know weeks and weeks and even if they're not performing so yeah so so testing um again people not kind of understanding what what the right metrics are to to look at and to judge ad sets on which kind of goes back to putting too much emphasis on things like relevant score and, and frequency yeah, I do see a lot of people, yeah, kind of going after, I, I don't want to call them vanity metrics, right? Because they, they are useful metrics, yeah, but yeah. Um, they aren't the end-all, be-all. Yeah, they're what I call um, upstream metrics. So, so oh. downstream, <laughs> I might kind of got, that. got a little phrase. <laughs> so downstream is all your kind of, uh, you know, purchases, initiate checkout, add to cart, that kind of stuff, CPA. And upstream is then things like, things like midstream i call it which is things like ctr which is a you know a decent indicator and then you know at a high level you've got things like cpms and things like relevant score and frequency which which are they're only an issue if stuff downstream isn't performing so you need to, you need to kind of look there first because a lot of people they kind of look, they look at things like frequency and relevant score first and say oh the relevant score is three i'm gonna kill this ad when it you know it might be delivering in terms of purchases, but you have to look at that that first. Like this ad's getting you 10x return. <laughs> yeah, so so who cares? Yeah, I don't care if 99% of people hit it if that one person buys every time. <laughs> yeah, but I think I don't know if it's like there's blogs out there or YouTube videos or something where people people are told, oh yeah, you know, judge your ads by a relevant score, and you want to get a relevant score of at least eight, or your ads no good because that that kind of seems to be a be a familiar theme. People are like. Oh, they, they judge the whole ad on relevant score when you know you and i know that's you know it's just it's a secondary metric completely well that was i i so most of my audience is on reddit right and that's where a lot of my distribution for my show is and it's where i post all my videos my you know and things like that and so i see almost daily somebody come in and just give bad advice about facebook ads <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's like in the and the scary thing is though is that they're right about 80 percent of it you know and so it's hard to sort out like unless you're in it what is the bad advice so like there was somebody that the other day like made a post and they were telling about everything and they were talking about defining broad audiences and about doing you know conversion ads but then doing conversion ads with like add to cart um, or something like that so it was a little bit earlier so they could get more data to optimize and everything's great and then they go and put one ad in every ad group. Don't do any more to force it to serve, and then also kill it if it's less than like relevance eight. And I'm like, uh, you were right there. It was like, yeah, but yeah. So I mean, I see advice like that all the time. That's just a little bit off. You know what I mean? But then at the same time, though, there's like also advice like you and I probably have different testing methodology, right? Where like, but like those are those are equal and like i know like tim has his own testing methodology which i won't 
you know, mention here, but like everybody's got a little bit of a different take on it and those all work, but because they have kind of the same basic principles essentially of understanding. And that's what I really find it comes back to is understanding the metrics. Yeah. I think it's, it's basic principles, you know, understanding what to look for, which only really comes with experience. And then it's also understanding that there's a lot of different tactics and strategies you can be using, but it's applying what, what the right one is for, not just for you as a as an ad buyer, but for you as you know, in terms of the actual account itself, because different things work in different accounts, different different campaigns. So it's just knowing what you should be testing, what metrics to look for, and kind of applying the, the strategies that way. Whereas some people they kind of they get stuck up in a, in a certain strategy they see and they they try applying it to everything and it doesn't work, and then they say, oh, the strategy isn't working. And it's because you have to understand, you know, you have to understand the principles of the strategy first. And then, you know, obviously, if it's right to, you know, to be trying it in a certain for a certain brand, for a certain ad account, for a certain kind of campaign you're running. Well, that, that's an interesting point that you bring up, too, is a lot of people look for like kind of what's new and like everything else. But like the, the, the core principles of marketing haven't really changed all that much. You know, like um, a lot of the stuff that I we pull on, um, especially for kind of the more direct response sort of Facebook ads and stuff like that were perfected in the eighties with like mail, like post, (laughs) like, you know, like, like physical letters, like those metrics are largely the same, you know, what, what is like the call through rate, what percentage of people are buying, where did we send these letters to audience segment, what calls to action. And like, it's interesting kind of how everything changes and nothing changes at the same time. Yeah. And it, you know, it goes back to, you know, what I said about my degree where it was, you know, it's all, kind of general market stuff there was nothing digital in it because it was 15 years ago and one of the main things i remember is it, i think they they have seven p's now eh? but back then it was it was four p's so it was product price place and promotion i think it was or maybe it was five with people as well and those you know they're all still relevant today and it's something that people miss maybe a lot of new advertisers coming into the the business into the game they kind of they get caught up in the strategies and just the facebook ads whereas you know there's some there's some products and stuff that you know it doesn't work on facebook and I was working, for example, with a, a drop shipper a few months ago. It was kind of it was a, a women's jewelry store, you know. And I said to her at the start, you know, I was I was a bit concerned, you know, about the product. It was maybe a bit, maybe it'd been been overdone a bit. People get stuff cheaper on Amazon. Um, there was a lot of other stores doing similar stuff, but you know, we tried it already. And the um, you know stuff like the engagement on the ads was great. CTRs were good, but the product just wasn't selling. It just just didn't sell on Facebook just because the product, you know, it wasn't right. It was a saturated market. So it's yeah, understand, you know the kind of uh, the overarching principles of marketing and you know you have to have those you know four or five p's in the first place for it to be viable yeah absolutely i think that that makes that makes a lot of sense so you know basically kind of to summarize the things that we're seeing that people don't do right are really around kind of not testing enough throwing things away too quickly and then focusing on kind of those upstream metrics like you're talking about. And then what, and, and could you summarize real quick what the things that you are seeing a lot of clients do right? You know, because again, like I'm not talking to the, the experts right now, you know, kind of talking to folks that are trying to DIY. What are some powerful strategies that you're seeing clients on their own able to implement, you know, that are able to give them a good return? I'm seeing what I'm seeing, which is, which is good is um, a lot of clients have, have kind of the pixel set up properly and they've got tracking set up properly. And a lot of them are using, they're trying to use kind of lookalikes and stuff like that as well. I think there's a lot more knowledge out there about, about audiences on Facebook and possibly it's a bit too much now about lookalikes because as you probably see in similar to me, they're not performing quite as well as they used to lookalikes. Right. Right. Well, a lot of them need to be remade after each like major update is the problem, right? Cause they cut out the deep targeting, but the old lookalike keeps that and so it screws everything up yeah um but yeah but i'm seeing i'm seeing a lot of accounts you know where the where the pixel tracking set up properly I, th- I think a lot of the technology these days you know with plugins you can get which set up feeds for you and you know install the pixel for you i think i think that kind of stuff helps and then yeah i think people kind of have kind of the some of the right basic ideas in terms of the campaign setup and what they're going for i think people now understand if you're starting off an account you know you try and go for purchases first I still see a lot of misinformation about seasoning pixels and stuff like that, which is all rubbish, really, because of the pixel. You know, you can't season a pixel. The pixel just holds data. It doesn't. It doesn't learn or anything like that. Um, any learning is is at ad set campaign and account level. 
Right. That, that is a yeah, the seasoned pixel, which I I I use the term seasoned pixel, but I <laughs> okay. but, well, no, I used it well, so apparently Cat Howell is using it in a different way than okay. I am, where I'm like yeah, get the pixel onto the website and start building lookalike audiences is my advice. And I'm like, you can season it by that. But yeah, the pixel itself does not hold data. It's all done at the ad account and then ad set, right? But yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. so I should clarify. So I was using that term, but I'm using it in a different yeah, way. And now, yeah, I have to, way, okay. now I have to change my terminology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you want to, the free uh, free two thousand dollar course there. <laughs> That'll probably bite me in the um, ass. <laughs> hey, man, hey, I did start an internet fight on, on my podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying anything else. Um, and then, yeah, and then I do. I do see people come up with some, you know, some good creative, especially if they're kind of working with someone who's that's their main job, or if they work with a creative agency. You know, I see some really good creative coming through. It's just, you know, kind of applying it in the right way. Absolutely. Yeah, I think. And then not being afraid to try um, a different, just a tip. I see, I I get excited when I see people using the different ad types, like carousels and things like that, and using them in a way that makes sense, where you have like a photo split up across a carousel or, you know, video and things like that, as opposed to just the single images still work. I wrote tons of single image ads, but, you know, I, I get excited seeing people test other things. Yeah, so, yeah, don't be afraid to test, really. Yeah, don't be afraid to test. Always be, A, always be, B, T testing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's fantastic advice. I, I appreciate it. Um, so we're going to run through mailbag here real quick. Some questions okay, cool, from yeah. my community. Question number one, Alex wants to know, how effective is Facebook ads for generating B2B leads? Yeah, it can be effective if you do it right. I mean, most of the stuff I do is is more B2C, but I've seen people getting good results, even even B2B. Also, you know, it takes a bit more work and it's one of the things I find that I prefer about B2C is I find writing copies um, is a lot easier. I find it easy to kind of write more engaging copy for B2C businesses than, than for B2B. But yeah, I mean, it definitely can work for B2B businesses. I see like uh, SEO companies doing well from Facebook ads. I know there's a lot of insurance companies that do well on Facebook. So it can work, yeah. I mean, it's just finding finding the right audience, nailing that audience, what their pain points are, why they're going to be using your products, what's different about your products. Yeah, you used to be able to target individual companies, but not anymore really, unless they're huge. <laughs> yeah, and then they kind of they, they took job titles away for a bit, and then they they brought a load back, which which obviously helps a lot. And then again, obviously with with sort of the shift towards using broader audiences, that means you don't need to be kind of as micro targeted as maybe you would have been before by you know certain job titles, things like that. So yeah, I mean it, it definitely can. Work. I've I've seen it working really well for businesses in terms of B two B. It's just you know applying the right tactics, you know getting your audience right, getting your copy right, and yeah, and, and testing really. For what it's worth, um, my two cents, I uh, have successfully run a number of B2B um, campaigns, although less recently. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth. (laughs) Um, So, I I had a lot of success targeting teachers and things like that, you know, like kind of more common job titles. Um, So, I don't know. Uh, Next question. How do you manage Facebook ad decay? And I think by this they mean like kind of creative falling off after it's been working for a while. Like how do you how do you manage that? Yeah, I mean that's that's another thing I see in, in a lot of accounts when I'm doing an audit is kind of if something goes wrong they don't have creative ready to to roll in straight away. So what I always do is always have one campaign which is dedicated to just testing creative basically. So then if anything does go wrong in in one of the ad sets if if the creative starts burning out then there's I've always got ads that I can you know that are performing to a decent level in a PPE campaign. And that's in terms of, you know, not necessarily purchases, but if they're at least getting some engagement and CTR. And they, and they also, the, the bonuses, they're getting social proof at the same time. So always having an ad that you can roll in if something does go, start going downhill in what was a winning ad set. Right. So basically your ringer ad. <laughs> always have that in your back pocket. <laughs> yeah, always have you, you know, it goes back to, again, always be testing. So yeah, just having having one campaign where you, which is um, normally a PPE campaign, where I'll just be kind of testing new, new creative, new, new copy versions. And if something does start dropping off the performance in one or other ad sets, then you've always got something you can roll in. And 
it doesn't always work, but you know, in theory, you know, if it's if it's been doing well in terms of engagement and CTR, it should hopefully perform in another ad set. Well, that's actually that's a really cool strategy. Is always kind of have a, a stable of, uh, of of ads going and seeing you know kind of what the audience likes and such. So, and at the same time, you're building up engagement as well as you're proving it out. Yeah. So, and it doesn't have to be you know you don't have to spend a huge amount doing that. You can just be spending you know ten dollars a day, twenty dollars a day, just just testing different stuff. And and that's another thing that I you know I don't see people doing is just things like that. they're focusing too much on the ads today. Well, that's more thinking of, you know, in the future, if something does go wrong, you know, having a plan B there that you can stop. Because I was doing some consulting on account a couple of months ago and their ads were all going downhill. And I was like, okay, what creative have you got to roll in? Because these ads are clearly burnt out because they've been running the same ads for months and months. And they said, oh, we don't have anything. <laughs> I was like, okay. Cool. <laughs> and then that, yeah. and then, so then they had to go to the client and the client had to go to the, the creative agency they were using. And it took like... I think it was about four days before they got any new creative through. Yeah, that's fast. So that's, that's four, <laughs> that, that was that was pretty fast. Yeah. But um, yeah, but they were still still went. There was like a period of probably a week in total when the ads were like literally doing nothing. Right. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah, actually, I had an opposite problem with a creative agency for what it's worth. Where <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they would give me new ads every week, and they had to run them because but uh, i was like but these are working fine <laughs> and so they but yeah, yeah. every single week they wanted to run new i was like okay you know i guess so but um <laughs> it, it's interesting um it's interesting but yeah so no that's, and that's another thing as well yeah i mean if something if something doesn't isn't broken if it's if it's working don't mess about with it don't you know put stick new ads in the ad set don't right. uh, mess about with it yeah once you've got a winner i, I just leave that alone i never i never yeah, touch, touch it, it. Yeah. <laughs> Dupli- yeah, yeah. Maybe if you're trying to scale, duplicate it or yeah, duplicate, yeah. or slow scale. You can slow scale, right? If you do it yeah. like 10% budget a day, it won't mess anything up usually. Yeah, so I believe it's actually you can get up to 50%, but I'd maybe do 20% maximum a day if I'm horizontal scaling something. And yeah, at the same time, yeah, duplicating it and playing about with manual bidding, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, something's some work. It was working. You know, don't don't mess about. Don't stick new ads in there. Just see how they do stuff like that. Just leave it. Yeah, basically. let it be. <laughs> don't mess yeah, with yeah. success. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Great. So next question: What are some tips for making you know effective and visually appealing Facebook ads? That's what I actually did a video on that in in the AdLeaks group um, this week. So there's which you should all join <laughs> yeah. AdLeaks if you haven't. Um, <laughs> I <use> my link. <laughs> $1 trial for 14 days. Yeah, so there's, there's some really good apps that make life so easy and you can just do stuff on your phone. You wouldn't even have to do stuff on, on your laptop. Although I do like Canva uh, if I'm if I'm using my laptop for, for making graphics, stuff like that. In terms of apps on my phone, the, the main ones I'd use for, for graphics are uh, Adobe Spark. That's a good one. Um, and then another one I mentioned in my video in Alex was um, Deep Art Effects. So that's that's a bit more limited in terms of what you can do, but you can create some really, it's got some really, I think there's about 40 templates on there. And it just basically takes a kind of, some of them are a bit crazy and they, they look a bit bit shit if you ask me, but it's just playing about with them to find one that looks good. And then, yeah, so you can just take any any image, run it through that, uh, and it'll give you something that looks, you know, really, it really stands out. So again, it gives you something else to test. Or even just taking an image, you know, if you've got a color, a color image that you've been using and just grayscale it, make it black and white and test that as well. Right. Oh, that's interesting. I haven't actually done that. You find that that often will, uh, will make a difference. Yeah. It's, I used to kind of do that, do that a little bit. And I, I sort of got away from it a bit. I guess it's sort of uh, trying to avoid shiny object syndrome where you see new, new stuff, new ideas and you're trying them out all the time. And then it was actually, it was at, at Tim's mastermind. It's that's one of the things Depeche teaches. So that's one of his things is about, um, you know, using the same image and playing about with the contrast, making it black and white. And that's obviously really cost effective as well because so you're basically using the same image and it gives you a whole, you know, you can use, you can get four different versions of the same, the exact same image and test those. Um, and, then, and black and white, obviously, it's, it's about finding stuff that is going to make people stop scrolling. So scroll stoppers. So, you know, you can have an image that you think, oh, yeah, that looks really nice. That, that'll do well. And then you have one that... Maybe it's a bit rougher. It's maybe something, t- some an image off off a camera phone or something like that. But, you know, you're testing both, and and the one that's you know you, you don't think looks as good will do better, just because it stands out in people's feeds a bit more, or maybe it looks a bit more organic and it gets more attention. So it's really about just trying different versions of things and relying on the data rather than your own impression of you know what you think is going to do best or what you think should do best. Just just go by the data. Right. 
Right. That, that's that's great advice, I think. So um, Adobe Spark and... Um, D- yeah, yeah, Deep Art Effects um, and, and Canva as well. Canva's a good one. And then pe- people using video, there's, there's, a, there's quite a few different... I'm actually going to be testing a couple of different paid video apps, but I've used Filmora Go and uh, Legend as well. Okay, Legend. Interesting. I'll have to check that yeah, out. That's a quick one. And I mean, if you're, if, you're, if you're doing that for Instagram stories, you know, you can actually, this is what a lot of people do is, you know, you can actually make the ad yourself in the story and then save that and use it as an ad. Oh, interesting. And that's great because, you know, it looks looks more organic to people when it when it shows up as they're going through their stories. For sure. For sure. Yeah, the, uh, the overly produced stories are, you know, sometimes a little too much. <laughs> yeah. I'm finding the ones that, you know, the more real ones, they, they perform a lot better than the kind of, you know, stuff, stuff that's cost maybe hundreds or thousands to make. Right. <laughs> right. It's kind of funny how that, that ends up working sometimes. So the yeah. actually, yeah. so I guess there, we have a, a number of tools for you, but also don't be afraid to run ugly ads because sometimes they yeah. work really well. <laughs> no, because it'll stand out, it'll get people's attention. And the whole point is to get them to click. It's not to get people to say, oh, that was a really nice ad. It's to get them to click right. and, and hopefully buy at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Great. So we got two more questions here. What uh, competitor research tools do you use for Facebook ads? You know, one of the best ones, to be honest, is the new, you know, the info and ads tab. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just go to the page and (laughs) click info and ads. (laughs) Yeah, free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So going on that, also going on on their website, obviously, and uh, looking at the kind of images they're using on that, you, you should obviously get retargeted as well. So you should see see the ads. Another good thing, I don't know if they've deactivated it yet, but if you're on if you're on mobile and you look at competitors' Facebook page, and you go on the info and ads tab, if you actually click on the the ad copy, it should take you into the ad itself. So you can actually see what comments are on there, how much social proof it's got. Oh, that's great! Which, <laughs> which is something you, you don't get on desktop. I think if you if you click on it on desktop, it, it doesn't. I don't think you can even click on it on desktop. You just see basically what the ad is and the copy. But if you're on my way, you can actually see all the social proof. You can see what sort of stuff people are commenting. Well, that's a bug that they'll fix. But in the meantime, you know, buy that. Yeah, get it, get going. <laughs> They're listening to me. <laughs> no, that's great. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, so that's that's two of the main things I do in terms of competitor research. Uh, I mean, you could even go as far as you know, sending an inquiry through to them, seeing seeing how they get back to you if you're running, maybe if you're running a lead gen campaign. Yeah, that's that's one of the best things that, you know, kind of one of the advice is a lot of the advice when it comes to this stuff, I think, and, and feel free to correct me, is really it just comes down to testing and then seeing what other people are doing and implementing it yourself if you like it. So, you know, find a competitor and go through their funnel. You'd like pretend, you know, I'm not saying lie and pretend to be a <laughs> customer. I would never say that ever. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but, you know, if you were to do that <laughs> you can kind of see how uh, if which i would not do ever uh, you could kind of see how like they structure everything right you kind of see yeah you know the way their landing pages work and how quick their follow-up is and how they follow up and everything else right and if you're a facebook advertiser or a marketer of some sort um don't do it for WordStream. they'll never leave you alone <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah they're really aggressive <laughs> so don't do that <laughs> but yeah and then and i guess the other, other thing is um audience insights so if, if it's a page that's targetable if it's big enough then you can always put them in you can still put those in audience insights and get a bit more information about about their audience in there no that makes a lot of sense that's great okay final question how effective are facebook ads in generating actual sales i get this a lot I feel like a lot of like <laughs> amateur folks that will like spin up an ad and then declare that Facebook is fraud or something like they're like, Oh, Facebook's committing click fraud. I'm like, no, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> but like, it, it does happen a lot, right? Like you, you, I'm sure you see it too, where people are like Facebook ads are a scam and it's like, well, that's the greatest scam ever perpetuated in human history then. But <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, but how, how effective yeah. would you, how effective would you say it though? Just to, not not that I'm biased at all, but yeah, you know, to me they're they're very effective. You know, they're I'm again I'm biased, but you know I, I prefer Facebook ads to to Google ads, and I think they're more effective in terms of uh, definitely B two C stuff than that. Obviously, they work slightly differently in terms of the the intent level of people, but I'm not I'm not going to say that they're not effective because it's what I do every day, and, I, and that's what I see every day. But I mean, probably the main thing I see people who who say oh Facebook ads don't work. Probably the main the main common theme I see there is. 
they generally haven't spent enough or they've you know completely tried doing it themselves maybe and haven't haven't done anything or you know they use use someone that has only just started out doing ads something like that um so they haven't really given it given it a proper proper go because you know otherwise you know there's there's businesses make there's i think six million businesses advertised on facebook and facebook made i think last year it was about was it 40 billion dollars in in ad revenue they wouldn't make that revenue if people aren't making more back from it so yeah you know even if you just look at numbers like that you know that that tells you that, that something's working right for for most people so generally it's you know something that 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 person's doing wrong or that they haven't put, invested enough money in the ads in the first place. That is the biggest thing I see is somebody ran $20 and they go, I got no sales. And I go, well, first off, what you sell a $10,000 product. What kind of return are you looking for? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I could, if I could consistently get 5,000% returns, <laughs> yeah. I would be, I would be running my Facebook ads from my yacht in the Mediterranean. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I mean, I had that last year. I had someone, someone came, I think it was in, it was in another, it was like a local business group, but over here that I was in and, and someone was saying, oh, I've never got Facebook ads to work. And I was like, oh, what, what, sort, of, what sort of stuff you done? And I've talked to her a little bit. And I was like, oh, you, if you want to, you know, add me to the account for a couple of days, I'll, I'll have a look for you and see, see what I can recommend. So she was saying Facebook ads never worked. And I, I looked in the account and she'd run, I think the last ad she'd run was six months before that. And in total, she'd run three ads and spent 28 pounds, which is like, $35 probably something like that <laughs> same Facebook ads didn't work. and these were all also they're all engagement ads she didn't have a pixel set up or anything like that so so how would she even measure the success of it <laughs> right yeah no it's basically all kind of feel rather than you know kind of metrics driven which is kind of the underlying theme of really of everything we're talking about whether it's testing or you know holding on or whatever it's about getting enough data and then making metrics based decisions so yeah 100% that's that's funny. Yeah, no, oftentimes I find it's people not spending enough money or not spending enough money a day or not testing enough or whatever. But I mean, like you mentioned earlier, there are some brands that just don't work very well with Facebook, um, you know, for a variety of reasons. But those are kind of I find those are more rare than common. Yeah, I mean, generally, Facebook ads should work. And if they're not working, it's, you know, because either you're not doing them right or you haven't invested enough, you know, to buy enough data. And, and that's nothing I, I see a lot at the start with clients is where they're not, they have to understand that you're not going to, you're not going to make, you know, you're not going to get a, a 10x ROAS in the first month. You know, you, you have to invest in, in, you're buying data pretty much for the first, first few weeks to, to see what works, to, to be testing. And also, if, you know to build up retargeting audiences as well because you know you know as well as i do retargeting is where the money is so you have to you have to build those audiences in the first place right yeah my if i'm if i'm on my front end ads and i'm making you know three to five x returns into a cold audience i'm a, i'm extremely happy you know and then the, the the retargeting ads are really where it like kind of boost everything up though yeah uh, i mean i'm working on accounts they're spending about a hundred thousand pounds a month on the ads and and at the, at the at the front end they're happy not even breaking even um getting about a point point six ras and to the cold audiences because it converts a lot of, you know so well further down the funnel right yeah that was a that was a a client that I uh worked with like doing some influencer campaigns right I I won't say who but they're one of the kind of recent billion dollar startup uh, folks and you know they were running. Yeah, we were spending like three to five thousand dollars a day on ads, and they were losing money. It was like they were okay paying one hundred and fifty percent of the first month for the subscription because they knew that the lifetime value, you know, two three years in, they would make you know ten x twenty x or whatever. Like, so it, it's interesting. So it's knowing your business metrics, I think, is a big part of it too, which is kind of what we're both getting at. Yeah, definitely. In terms of especially the the lifetime value, you know, it's it amazing me how many, especially smaller businesses don't have a full handle on what, what the value of a customer is to them. And if you don't know that, how can you how can you go about working out what you should be spending to, to acquire a customer in the first place? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's all the questions. Gil, this has been one of the best interviews I've done, easily. This has been Glad, really fantastic. <laughs> I think that there's like so much knowledge and value in in everything you've been saying. You know, I, I would say to listeners, like, listen to this advice, this, you know, this gentleman is one of, like I said, the best Facebook advertisers in the world that you can possibly work with. You know, <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> really, really, just right behind me in terms. Of- <laughs> um, no, uh, no, no. Just a level below. <laughs> 
uh, he's just almost there. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, you're, you're no. upstream, I'm downstream. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So he really, truly, though, incredible advice. All of this is just so spot on. If you were to implement all of these today, I can almost guarantee you that you would see improvements in your in your Facebook ads. So, Gil, thank you very much for being here. You know, now is the time that I always want to let you pitch whatever it is that you want. Um, I've had I've gotten some weird ones too as I've gone. So, uh, feel free to like truly whatever is in your heart, pitch it. And uh, yeah. That's been a pleasure, um, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Um, and yeah, I'm available. I do a lot of consulting. Consulting is actually what I what I really enjoy doing um, in terms of Facebook ads because you know the first thing I love helping people, so I really enjoy consulting, seeing seeing what people are doing, what they've been trying in their ad accounts, um, and how I can you know have an impact pretty quickly by by recommending you know certain things they can do, like we talked about um, in this podcast. So yeah, so if, if anyone you know if you want want me to have a look at your ad account, I really enjoy doing audits stuff like that. Um, and then in terms of yeah management, obviously I manage accounts for for a variety of different clients as well. So I'm always available. So yeah, hit me up my Facebook, Instagrams at Go Run DMG, um, or you can find me on Facebook. Uh, on my my website's www.run-dmg.com. Find me on there. So yeah, if you want any questions, or want to speak to me about anything else, I've you know in more detail what what we've discussed today. Again, I'm always happy to help people. So yeah, just get in touch. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're both um, moderators on the Facebook ad buyers group, which is, I think, the yeah. largest Facebook group. I think it's, yeah, it's kind of up, up there. there. Tag Gil all day. He's <laughs> yeah, got nothing yeah. to do. <laughs> Tag yeah. him with any question you can think of, you know, really, really see back in five minutes. Get some arguments going. <laughs> Let's dive into the middle of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me that soccer is rubbish or something like that. Yeah. 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 That, what kind of idiot would you I would have? <laughs> yeah um great no that's fantastic so yeah if you're looking for elite facebook consulting and you know just just the best advice that you could possibly get to take your facebook ad account to the next level check out gil gil thank you once again for uh joining us today and for all of you listening out there um you know take this advice run with it make your marketing better and happy marketing everyone